0: Welcome once again to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host for this week, Ryan Murphy, and joining me is my guest for this week, John Koboleski. Hi, John. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Today, we're talking about minute number 34 in this movie, and it's uh, from 33 minutes and zero seconds to 33 minutes, 59 seconds. And this week, it's pretty much just Miles talking about what it means. Or Today, it's pretty much just Miles talking about what it means to be a disruptor. Uh, so we're starting with uh, where we we left off, where he's correcting himself to that's what we did with Alpha. What we did with Alpha, disrupt. Uh, and we go up through uh, people not wanting to be on your side. So, John, uh, what do you think of this minute?
1: Well, this is where the 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 bullshit is really being shoveling. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, he is he's really deep into his description of what disruptors are.
0: tell you a little secret. Your worldview is going to change. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Is your phone turned off? Oh, I left it in my room. Okay. If you want to shake things up, you start with something small. You break a norm or an idea or a convention, some little business model. But you go with things that people are kind of tired of anyway. Everybody gets excited because you're busting up something that Everyone wanted broken in the first place.
1: Yeah. Um, he, you know, he starts off just, you know, with with such such self importance, where he's explain, you know, he's explaining this to Blanc, and says, uh, one you know, he does ask, "Do you have your phone?" And Blanc's like, uh, "I left it in my room," and right. Um, he says, "Once you hear it, you can't unhear it," like it's some <laughs> horrible. You know, like like a nightmare thing, like a video that somebody... Like, it's faces of
0: death. Right, yeah, um, yeah. This is something that no one has ever... Like, you will be changed forever. Yes, yes. Um, You know, and then
1: he just starts to get into it, and he talks about how you're breaking something small. You know, a norm or a business model. So, you know, that sounds kind of, you know, your usual horse ass you know that yeah. that comes down and it then he starts going into um talk, you know something small and something that everybody wanted broken uh, once again uh and in, and in, and in assumption an excuse for whatever behavior uh comes you know it's a little bit like we were talking about before with birdie And her Beyonce thing of, you know, and her, all her (laughs) racial things, you know, just says it like it is. You know, it's what everybody's thinking. Uh, The usual, the usual excuses.
0: That's the infraction point. That's the place where you have to look within yourself and ask, am I the kind of person who will keep going? Will you break more things? Break bigger things? Are you willing to break the thing that nobody wants you to break because at that point people are it's it's yeah i mean it's kind of it's very funny for him to be like you know this is something that will will change your life forever you can't unhear it once you hear it this cannot get out into the world and then it's like the most standard like benign yeah someone in <laughs> in you know uh marketing has come across a new word yeah and <laughs> today it's disruption and we're just gonna say some basic platitudes yes and speaking of new words he uses uh
1: the inf- the infraction point right yes when when, point. when i guess he means inflection yes um and this this is not if i remember correctly, this isn't the first time he's misused a word or even made up a word yeah Uh, but Blanc will be calling him on that later on in the movie about how how just dumb he is and when you were mentioning just a marketer and whatever yeah I used to work when I was first out of college for a consulting firm Mm -hmm. Um, I worked in their AV department when there was such a thing as audiovisual. uh (laughs) Yeah, we we're we we're making slides, <laughs> sweet. Yeah. um, and they definitely had kind of their standard shtick, mm-hmm. and just sort of, you know, mistaged it a little bit for whatever client right. they had. And I, I mean, they probably did some research. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm being overly cruel. Because it was an insane place to work. But it, there's definitely that feeling of, you know, this is, you know, th- this is the kind of thing that somebody would try to sell you for whatever your business is in a way of just going, this is what you need to do to yeah. be successful, not only in business, but in life. You know, we're all yeah. these disruptors. And by doing that, we became
0: these mega whatever
1: we are type of thing
0: yeah yeah it's you know it's like someone deciding okay well everything that we're going to tell our customers from now on we're going to describe it as a paradigm shift
1: doesn't matter (laughs) what that
0: means we're just going to use words and it seems like that's what miles is doing here to me yeah yeah there's a lot of that and and then he gets into uh,
1: this becomes sort of the it's a beautiful piece of marketing i mean you can see him A la, uh, you know, Tom Cruise in Magnolia, where he's strutting the stage. I don't even remember what he is. A motivational speaker, I guess, maybe. Um, And I can't remember who's the guy with the big teeth, who's the real motivational speaker. Um, Uh, It'll come to me. Tony Robbins? Yes, yes. Tony Robbins. Big teeth Tony. Yeah. And, you know, right after that, he says, am I the kind of person... Um, who will keep going, break, you know, breaking more things? That becomes a selling point. You can see him selling that to a bunch of people yep. in, a, in a Marriott ballroom, where everyone goes, "Oh, okay." In order to do this, am I this kind of person right. who's willing to take this chance? Now he's not necessarily trying to, you know, he's he's trying to sell the concept to Blanc right he's not trying to sell it to him as in you know come (laughs) come come to my cult um although he would probably like that I mean he's yeah he loves the fact that Blanc is there you know it's just some weird happy accident so he's just I'm gonna impress you with my smarts you know you're the big uh, you're the big uh detective yeah and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you what I know how smart
0: I am yeah yeah, it, it does feel more like you know, not necessarily. Here's what you need to do to be successful, and more. Here is why I am special, and here is why we are special.
1: Right. Uh
0: In in sort of a, you know, banal, uh, you know, break things, and that the point is to have broken things, uh, and that sort of gets into where we're we're uh going with the the rest of the movie some things maybe if you break them things go go real bad uh yeah and yeah oh go ahead sorry oh no i just wanted to uh sort of loop back to his use of the word infraction like a a violation or like a you you've you know broken something in the sense that you've done something like illegal uh it's interesting to me that he goes to that when he means inflection point sure that we're well, yeah there is there is kind of a real meaning to it as well yeah that he that he
1: mistakenly stumbles onto
0: he accidentally gets to oh well yeah probably I'm going to be breaking some laws <laughs> right um and after that
1: he talks about um breaking the thing that nobody wants you to break yeah which is a big uh you know the word is escaping me um that's basically going to happen at the end yeah uh where you know you know spoiler alert yeah that does foreshadows and stuff yeah foreshadows Ooh, that's what i'm looking for um you know it's it was it was interesting to listen to ryan johnson's commentary about this when he when he's talking about towards the end uh when that happens and certainly it it you know you can kind of look at it and go why did helen need to do this but it definitely does destroy um it definitely will destroy his reputation yeah his thing of wanting to be something that is spoken does does he say is spoken about in the same ways as the mona lisa i think in in the same same sentence. sentence yes okay in the same sentence yeah um and you know it's funny we've seen a lot of uh just you know crazy people uh in the public eye who do seem to be able to do just about anything and people will still love them yeah um I, I, you know, I I can kind of imagine Miles doing this and still having people who are will still be rabid fans.
0: Yeah, I mean, it kind of, you know, gets to uh, he's making this whole speech about, you know, you got to break things and there will be things that no one wants you to break. He's never it doesn't seem to me that he's ever really talking about like actual in like unjust systems or things like that or like addressing anything that will. You know, make things better for a lot of people. Oh yeah, uh,
1: yeah, and 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 everything he's he's doing is not. I mean, you know, none of what he's done so far. Yeah, you know, um, you know, yes, the 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 thing with the hydrogen energy source is definitely a problem, but nothing, nothing that he's done so far is really that, you know, crazy. You know yeah. you know he he helped Bertie get back on top you know the sweetie pants he made Duke into a media star yeah he gave money um uh so that um Claire right I'm, mm-hmm. I'm names are escaping me um can do whatever and yeah. um you know in government and the same thing with Lionel so it's it's not like he's broken. You know, it's not like he's really changed
0: the world. Yeah, there's not like they, they may have built a building off of it, but the Crypto Kids app, whatever that is, probably hasn't like revolutionized. Uh, it, it it doesn't seem like that's sort of his goal. Yes. And it's also he's finding this very easy to say about things that aren't his or things that like he doesn't care if things are broken. It, yeah. You know, we get to, you know, what happens when people break his stuff and it's, uh you know, in a literal and a metaphorical sense. And he does not have the same like, oh, yeah, this is what you have to do to be a person or right. whatever.
1: Yeah. And an interesting thing about the whole Crypto Kids thing, which am I correct? It was an NFT, right? Yeah,
0: it was a uh, child equals NFT, NFT. On a box. <laughs> right?
1: Yes, which makes complete sense, of course. And interestingly enough, I I think if the timing's correct, so the whole sort of uh, uh crypto kind of bottoming out yeah. and NFTs not turning out to be the the big wave of the future feels like it happened not necessarily after this movie came out but um certainly concurrent with probably um Ryan Johnson editing it he was probably already shot it yeah yeah so it, so in some ways you know even though it doesn't talk about that you can kind of with hindsight look at that and go that's really dumb <laughs> you know yeah that yeah. that didn't work you know you you're oh, well of course this is set in I mean when you get right down to it this is set in early 2020, and we can look back in real-time hi- hindsight and even past when Ryan Johnson shot it and go, okay, that didn't work. Right. Um, and we know we know how dumb that is. Child equals NFT is already stupid. Right. Um, probably was just sort of some trendy thing, like the whole uh, whatever apes they were.
0: Oh, the bored apes. Yes. Bored apes.
1: There were just Dis- <laughs> Disgruntled chimps right um you know just a just a trendy thing that they made money off of in some sort of way that obviously by this point in real time would have uh completely fallen apart
0: yeah i'm trying to put together like a sort of a timeline for when uh the bottom fell out of the nft market. it seems like it was sort of early 2022 this came out later in 2022 so it does seem like this was you know it feels like something that was spoken with the you know it has already somehow dated yes yes But um, you know oh this is what he's excited about
1: yeah and i'm not sure when exactly when ryan johnson was done shooting yeah like if he already he probably already knew this during editing but he might have already been done shooting yeah Um, because yeah nfts it felt like they came into the public consciousness consciousness in like the fall of 21 yeah it feels like and everybody was like oh my gosh what the heck is going on here right and then um then you just find out in you know
0: early 22 that how really really dumb they are yeah Um, i i can see ryan johnson sort of you know uh putting all this together and being like well Maybe. I don't know that these, you know, <laughs> uh, pictures of, uh, you know, AI-generated apes are going to really hold value.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and there might be a little bit, you know, he just because he was kind of already thinking about this beforehand, you know, a bit of just perhaps a little bit of rubbing his hands and just going, ooh, boy, did I get this right. Yeah. Uh, and kind of happy. And also... I think, even though he said, this is not Elon Musk. Right. It felt like between, you know, before this movie came out was sort of the immense rise of Elon Musk in the public consciousness uh, to a point where he absorbs, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, uh, all of the other sort of, you know, techno, I mean, you know bill gates is so old school now you know it just right. he just seems like oh just a nerdy guy and then you know zuckerberg and uh jeff bezos and uh, you know all of those guys just seem kind of quaint right um compared to elon musk and his his nuttiness <laughs> um and i know he said it's not based on him but it certainly came out at a time where everyone went yep that's that's who he's uh that's who he's yeah. talking about
0: it it felt like elon musk it felt like it was elon musky yeah it was it was very musky uh it was it felt like i re- i seem to recall watching it for the first time like um you know this doesn't seem like it was written necessarily to be elon musk but it is definitely much more elon musk since it's been put together yes, like since yes. Uh, It was shot. It feels like, you know, he, the uh, sort of Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, even, I guess, Steve Jobs, uh, going back a bit, parallels don't seem as prominent. The Elon Musk parallels seem very prominent with Miles Braun. Yeah. yeah, Uh, And I mean, I guess that's, you know, the name also sort of evokes, uh, well, I guess just in that it's short. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean it's it's very much um I don't know I I guess the one thing I wanted to uh sort of uh get to um maybe loop back to for this whole minute we're basically just watching uh Miles Braun give this uh speech pretty much directly to the camera right. uh, there is one shot where um when he says infraction or yeah he says infraction point. Um, We do get a sort of reaction cut to uh, Andy, um, who is sort of it's it's not apparent right now what her reaction really is. It's just sort of it seems like it could be, uh, you know, just anger or, um, you know, disbelief or something just, you know, exhaustion with what he's saying. Um, right. We we find out a bit later that it is uh, likely uh, less that and more the kombucha. Uh, <laughs> right. But uh, I, I thought that was interesting that, you know, for this whole minute, we're focused on this one character, except for when he indicates that he probably doesn't know what he's saying to the degree he's projecting that he knows what he's saying. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it's very much so. He's talking to Blanc, but actually talking directly to us. Yeah, um, as if he's trying to sell this to, as if it's an infomercial. You know, you're you're watching it like you know about 30 in the morning. Can't get to sleep. Yeah, just kind of pops up, um, like that. Then yeah. as we get to the end of this minute, that's when he says, you know, uh, you know, the thing about nobody wants you to break. And he says that's the point um people that people are not going to be on your side yeah and obviously this is foreshadowing now that you've brought up that word i'll use it a lot (laughs) the uh this links us to the whole hydrogen thing yeah um and you know the things he wanted you know the the what it seems to be is the reasons why he was of pushing andy out of out of alpha right yeah um and obviously he's had to do some you know the people on his side ended up all you know being you know the other disruptors that he was going to have lie during the uh do the court case and um and that's really going to be that's going to be the uh the problem in the end
0: yeah so uh for today just sort of uh you know looking through the sorts of things that i i wanted to get your take on um you know so ryan johnson overall um i guess you know i think in the knives out minute we call this rate ryan uh what are your i guess what is your experience with uh his other films and i guess how would you sort of uh rank what you've seen Um, I've
1: seen all his other films, Mm -hmm. pretty sure. And I'm the only one, I mean, I know that there's a lot of, um, uh, pushback on his Star Wars film. Yeah. I I was not a fan of his Star Wars film. Mm -hmm. I was very excited to see it because I really like Ryan Johnson. I'll talk about his other movies in a second. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I saw is after I saw the film. Um, was him saying about how, you know, this is, this is something that just kind of occurred to me perhaps today, was him talking, and, you know, if I'm misquoting him or misremembering this, everybody please forgive me, about how he wanted to do what was not the norm at every point in the Star Wars movie he was making which yeah. sounds a lot like a disruptor. <laughs> it does. That, and, that is a good. Yeah. And I I kind of felt that in yeah. the movie, you know, I, there, and I don't remember much about it. You know, I, I really don't, but I, you know, it, it just didn't seem to hang together for me. Yeah. It just seemed very, you know, I, I'd need to watch it again to, to be able to tell you specifically, but yeah. his other movies i've really loved the first one i saw was brick yeah a movie that i have watched over and over again and i love i love you know uh the the sort of tough detective genre yeah whether it is you know a a period piece uh you know and i do a lot of mystery reading and they all tend to kind of lean in that area Uh, But, you know, talking specifically of movies, you know, whether it's like the Maltese Falcon, like a, a, um, you know, a very, uh, certainly a period uh, film, one that still holds up. I watched in the last couple of years and I was like, man, this is so solid. But even when you get down to uh, what me and a friend of mine call uh, man done wrong, which are not necessarily mysteries. But where you need to figure out things, where you've got your John Wick, you know, you've right. got your your single, solitary person. And yes, these tend to be a little bit more like man done wrong. You've done, and this is like man in the mankind sense, because we also have uh, female versions of this as well. Yeah. But a little bit like you did me wrong, and now I'm just going to kill all of you. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But Brick is, is brilliant. Yeah it should not work the concept <laughs> is so the concept on paper as they say is so dumb yeah and for those people who have not seen brick it is a it is a modern noir a single detective trying to find out who who killed somebody yeah and there are lots of your standard um uh, characters you've got your muscle you've got your uh crime kingpin right you've got all of these things but it's all set in a california high school right and it has its own version of tough guy talk Mm -hmm. none of this should work it sounds really really dumb and he makes it work and it's beautifully cast joseph gordon levitt who has been in every one of his in in ryan johnson's movies even if it's only a voice somewhere right and whether i don't know if anyone's talked about this but we can certainly talk about it It, there is when they land and you hear this throughout there is they call it the dong it's you know top of the hour i guess i don't know yeah that goes off and it just goes dong that's joseph gordon levitt's voice (laughs) yeah um and is get him in there somewhere yeah and knives out he is um uh, a voice of a i guess a detective on tv when um the main character is home with her mom there is just before the entire thing blows up and she finds out she's in the will right and um or her sister or her mom is listening to like an old tv show you know, something like that. You know, he yeah. is he he is the tough detective in a CSI type of show or whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I love Brothers Bloom. Um. Sorry, I love Brick. I've yes. watched it a million times. I've watched it with the commentary. His commentaries are great because he just does so much. The um, and I love Brothers Bloom. Um, it's probably one of his films that doesn't get talked about very much. It yeah. is. It is. Uh. You know, for anyone who hasn't seen it. It is a story about two con man brothers. It is told in kind of almost a fairy tale type of way. It's not completely realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own Fagin <laughs> that they run back across. They're trying to do uh, another con on a woman who has a lot of money and seems, you know, a young woman who seems kind of uh, lost. It has... Um, Adrian Brody and uh Mark Ruffalo there we go yeah um in it and Rachel Weisz there we go and it's really really terrific uh I've watched it a number of times um I I really like looper I yeah. probably didn't like it as much as everyone else did but it's super solid mm-hmm. and uh and it, it, I'm. Does he have? Does he
0: have another movie in there that I'm I am? like... I think that's about it
1: for. It's a, then it goes films. to. Then it goes to Star Wars, Knives Out, and Glass Onion. Yeah. Um So that that's my thought. I would really probably put. I'd probably put Brick on top. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. And out of I would have really, and I'm sorry, I'm not letting you talk in terms of descriptions, but in terms no, of no, my no. terms of my brief rating system, I'd probably put Brick on top you know i i really like and enjoy the kind of effervescence of brother's bloom mm-hmm. then i probably put knives out next and then you know i need to watch looper again then glass yeah. onion But you know glass onion and looper could be about the same you know and there's such different animals he's not necessarily making the same film over and over again so you know it's kind of like what you're going to get out of one movie is not the same thing you're going to get out of his next movie right and i think i'd have to put his star wars probably at the bottom so where how would you rate them and what are your thoughts
0: yeah so i mean i agree with uh, a lot of what you said um Sort of, uh, on your, uh, note that, uh, the Brothers Bloom is often not talking, I, I have yet to see the Brothers Bloom. I need to get around to that. Oh, um, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I certainly, if it's, uh, if it's number two on the list. Yeah, I think you're, you're ranking, um, I might have Last Jedi a little bit higher, uh, probably over Looper, but I also have only seen Looper the once, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's probably about where I would come down with the exception of I haven't seen The Brothers Bloom. Right. Um, you know what?
1: I probably, I mean, I should probably give The Last Jedi another shot just to, it, I mean, it's one of those things like, here's one of my dumb things. I don't know if you have anything like this, mm-hmm. where sometimes you watch a movie that you know is bad, but there's uh, it's made by somebody you really like, and you know you like them so much that you think you know what if I watch this movie again, yeah, maybe it'll change. I really love Escape from New York, yeah, and John Carpenter's movies and Kurt Russell. You can't beat Kurt Russell, you know. Yeah, the the, the double shot of Kurt Russell as Snake Bliskin and as uh, um, and as Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China. You can't beat. So, I love that movie so much that occasionally I'll watch Escape from LA again. Yeah. And with the hopes that somehow some magic happened and (laughs) it's going to be good or at least not bad. And I'm always disappointed. So, yeah, I, I, you know, especially delving so much into Ryan Johnson uh, these uh, last couple of weeks as we have been recording these you and me and in, in our in our real time even though people are listening to this in a week yeah uh you know there's part of me that's just like yeah you know give it another go just see yeah just
0: see um I, I will say it you know uh i don't know if you uh saw the rise of skywalker um is my... that, is that after yes and that's is that now? I'm gonna.
1: I, I, here's the thing I I'm, I'm was a huge Star Wars fan Yeah. growing up, you know, got was disappointed in the prequels, was excited for the new ones, and then I just got a little lost and didn't. You know, there's ones I haven't seen. I think I, I ended up missing Rogue One completely. Yeah. And so I know I think I've seen the Rise of Skywalker, but I couldn't wait. Rise of Skywalker is
0: when is that when Han Solo comes back? That is uh that's the Force Awakens. Rise Han- of Skywalker is like the uh somehow Palpatine has returned, I think is the start of the opening crawl. Wait, so uh, so oh 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 wait, Han Solo, to-
1: Han Solo comes back in Force Awakens, yeah, dies, mm-hmm. and that's when we're introduced to his his and uh Leia's son. Mm-hmm. So all of that happens in that movie. Wow, okay. You yeah, know what I'm I what happens in what movie is uh really jumbled in my head.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, really, well, really jumbled in my head. It it's sort of a uh, you know, not to stray too far from Glass Onion. Uh I, I guess I will say the, the context for that is I dislike the rise of Skywalker, uh, to an extent that, you know, Last Jedi, even though I, you know. Thought it was okay before it bumped it up a little more. Like, oh yeah, no, I wish they'd uh, there, continued with some of the stuff that that Ryan set up in the. Yeah, there's um, there's
1: a chance I have not seen Rise of Skywalker, and it might have been you know because I didn't dig Last Jedi that much. Yeah, I I think it might have been that I was just like, okay, and and I think I just think life got a little too busy, and I've like haven't seen The Mandalorian. I right, haven't, yeah. you know, everything that was happening just became too big and too all-encompassing and I was I just kind of just kind of uh left it aside for a bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean I think it's it's really interesting because I had, you know, sort of a similar uh reaction to these movies uh that I think you had where you uh noted that you were disappointed in the prequels. Um I find it very funny now to uh you know look at you know you look across social media and like folks who are younger than, than, uh, you or I, uh, yes. love the prequels and it's <laughs> their favorite, like more than the original trilogy, more certainly more than the sequel trilogy. And I feel like there's a sort of like, oh yeah, that's, that's what it's like to grow up with these movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. To, to take them and even for their flaws, you, you get through them. So I'm interested to see, you know, in 20 years, are we going to have people looking back at, uh, the sequel trilogy and being like oh yeah no of course that's my favorite era why wouldn't you love that yeah i
1: i guarantee that will happen i mean i am i am older than you i grew up uh in the 70s um and i'm just assuming that i'm older than you but i'm pretty sure i am uh but you know that was the thing to kind of notice what what things we really liked and what what was what we really saw and thought you know, was deep in our hearts and right. then you know i'm i you know I, I can look at that stuff and go okay i grew up on a lot of scooby-doo and <laughs> and everyone has uh, you know there's there's certainly been uh, a resurgence over and over again of scooby-doo stuff right and then. The people who grew up in that age then start doing remakes, start doing reboots, rethoughts on it, whatever. Um, even though if you look at early Scooby Doo, it's pretty bad. You know, it's there's a lot of worse stuff from the seventies that came that was out. But Scooby Doo is like, you know, it's formulaic. It's you know, yeah, Scooby and Shaggy are the are the 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 characters that really shine. So it's not as bad as some things, but you know what will be the next you know the the people who grew up during the during the new uh, batch of sequels what will they take that we look at as being just garbage yeah and will become part of their childhood and when they become big entertainment bigwigs they'll say hey we really need to do something with i don't know well you know it's it's a favorite punching bag the brats movies or something like that uh or whether they'll be (laughs) whether they'll be rebooting all the sort of ip animated things of you know the emoji movie the bobblehead movie the troll movies the uh you know the ugly dolls movie all these all these you know many of which it just went by i only saw something that there was a bobblehead movie this week and i was just like well that makes sense sure
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's going to be something that you know we all hate that they're they love and they're gonna they're gonna uh, put it up on their shoulders and parade it around
0: yeah and i mean i you know it that sort of seems to be what's uh I mean, I don't know that I've delved into uh, his early influences, but it it sure feels like Brian Johnson watched some some mysteries. And yeah, well, he was yeah, like,
1: he, yeah, you know. he has talked about loving lo- loving Agatha Christie. Yeah, uh, both the books, you know, and and the movies, um, and one that doesn't seem to be streaming in places—at least that is easy for me to find. For this one, there is a, there's a movie called The Last of Sheila. Yes. Which I only knew the title of very vaguely, and it was written by Stephen Sondheim, and Stephen Sondheim is in the bathtub scene uh, <laughs> right. with Blanc, and, and Anthony Perkins, everyone's mm-hmm. favorite uh, shower killer. <laughs> and supposedly there's a lot of this sort of, I don't know, the bones, the feeling, whatever, of Glass Onion in that yeah Uh, but yes he was he was very very uh, very big on that stuff I think you know I don't know I saw it in an interview or maybe during the commentary about how much he really he really likes those and I think we talked about it before you know him him wanting each one of these Benoit Blanc mysteries to hang on its own that not not to be not to necessarily be sequels um, just to be one other Benoit Blanc mystery.
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's really interesting to to watch about, uh you know, Ryan Johnson's work, just seeing how he's going to put all that together, pull, thing, pull things out. I mean, I don't know if you've seen uh, Poker Face. I have See? not, unfortunately, and
1: I really, really want to. Unfortunately, it's one of those things that I don't have Peacock. Right. Yeah, and I'm just like I can't do another stream. You know, I. and yeah. what, what I do with a lot of those things is I I wait till it comes out on DVD and I get it out of the library. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I think it's going to be one of those. Uh, unfortunately, and I've heard good things about it. Um, I really like Natasha Leone. Right? Is that who it is? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I really like her. I really liked uh, the first season of Russian Doll was kind right. of brilliant. Um, I, the second season I haven't finished and it was um kind of a little bit disappointing uh, yeah. for me i think a little bit of you know this is way off topic it, it, very briefly i think it was a little bit of all the sort of you know time travel or whatever was going on in the in the in the second season she just seems so kind of blasé about it yeah just like yeah yeah i'm sure i can handle this and i think there's a little bit of just like Okay, shouldn't this just be a little bit threatening? You know, right. uh, unnerving
0: for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. But yeah, I really like her, and obviously, you know, that was the reason. That was the big secret reason why she was in the bathtub scene. Right. Um. And uh, yeah, and I, I felt, you know, it, it, you know, we're all like this. All everybody who's a pop culture nerd, when you notice something. That other people at least most most other nerds might not know and so watching that bathtub scene when kareem abdul jabbar is in it i'm like i know why he's there Mm -hmm. i know that he writes mysteries yeah and i only knew that probably in the last year or so just in the mystery section of a bookstore and just going you know i'm in the A or whoa it wasn't the I mean, I guess it wasn't the A's. It, for some reason it was showing up in there, but um oh, well it's Abdul Jabbar, I guess that's why. Yeah. And just seeing it, it's like, oh, he co-writes with another person, these Sherlock Holmes. I, I think they are like taking the characters from Sherlock. Holmes. It might be Mycroft, his his brother. Yeah. And he writes mysteries and it's like, holy mackerel, you know. Um y- 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 <laughs> Some people, some people have too many lanes that they work in. Where yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. Like I'm good at one thing <laughs> a little, and, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, I was a huge basketball star and uh, I write mysteries and a bunch of other things. And, you know, it's just like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but anyhow, absolutely. I, I patted myself on the back. Like I know why he's there uh, yeah. in that well, self, self, uh, self serious way.
0: I, I think it's really, I, I think, you know, the, the fact that he'll do that, that Ryan Johnson will pull people in from other things he's working on. I think that's really cool. And I, uh, you know, when you do get around to, uh, to Poker Face, I mean, it's, yeah, it it feels like the sense that it gives off is very much, you know, I just, I remember being in like my grandma's house and Columbo was on and it's you know that was pretty much my exposure to Columbo is sort of half watching, uh you know these two hour episodes or uh, right. whatever they were doing, uh with Columbo it's it's it really evokes uh that really well and uh, and from
1: what I know he, you know he's got a lot of stars in them and he's yes. he's more or less treating them you know each episode kind of separately yes more or less and it, you know it's it's interesting in a very, uh, you know, <laughs> when when Columbo or those kind of shows were on, you know, I actually, you know, I got into mysteries watching something called uh, Ellery Queen, mm-hmm. which was based on a series of mysteries um, that was on in the early 70s, which actually did a, you know, you don't know who did it until the end. Right. And they they give you all the clues and lead you on. But the one thing that happened in those shows, like Columbo, and the big joke is, like on Love Boat, you have a lot of uh, stars that are kind of down on their luck. Right. You know, people who were big movie stars that are just kind of showing up because they need a paycheck. And one of the... I watched an Ellery Queen within the last year, and it's they're pretty bad. Um, but it has Vincent Price in it.
0: Right. You know, yeah. at a
1: time when Vincent Price, you know, his... You know his heyday of, uh, you know being in Edgar Allan Poe movies and kind of his '60s was probably his height, was waning. So it's you know it's a job. It's it's where you're going to see stars that are faded, basically. Right. But you know, Ryan Johnson's doing the same thing and the same thing with, with the in the Knives Out movies of having stars who are still, who are still vital. Although you know you could say uh, having Don Johnson in right eh, maybe not that vital <laughs> you know yeah uh he's 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 had his heyday um but it, you know i mean it's true jamie lee curtis is great yeah but is certainly probably getting a resurgence in these last few years because of knives out because yeah. of halloween she just won an oscar right best supporting Oct- uh, yeah. act or actress Yes. So, you know, it's true. You've got some people who, you know, are, are kind of more working actors than movie stars. Um, yeah, Chris Evans, movie star. Christopher Plummer, you know, really kind of a working actor at, yeah. at that stage of his life. Uh so you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm not right, you know, but uh maybe glass onion, you know, kind of thinking about it, you know. Obviously, Dave is kind of at the top. You know, of course, Daniel Craig. You know, Edward Norton's more of a working actor than a movie star now. Yeah. Uh, and we've already talked about the, the you know the resurgence of uh, of uh, you know whatever. Hopefully, it's a resurgence of Kate Hudson. Yeah. Who you know has been kind of a working actor. Yeah. After being in a lot of. Uh, perhaps forgettable rom-com
0: yeah yeah. here we go (laughs) well i i will uh you know just sort of to to wrap that up i i will uh if you're going into poker face it does not break the streak of uh joseph gordon levitt being involved in stuff perfect there's a lot that is going on with him (laughs) so uh yeah i hope you have a chance to check that out um Anything else uh, we want to say uh, to wrap up here?
1: I don't think so. I think we went way off track. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's I've, good. That's we'll, good. We'll, we'll see if any of it. We'll, we'll see if this uh, makes the cut. I mean, we're we're uh, you know doing a movies by minute podcast that we're we're blowing up a minute into a, a full podcast episode. There's we can go off topic. I uh, think so. <laughs> I th- and we were still uh, you know topic related. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for, for joining me today, John. Thank you. Uh, anything you'd like to plug?
1: Yes, I've been plugging it all week, so forgive me. Um, I am uh I'm a syndicated cartoonist, like in the newspaper and online. And I know you think about that as, you know, the the height of cartooning of your your marmadukes, your ziggies, or your zig eyes. Um, but there are a lot of people who are uh think of it as like character actors, uh who are who you may not know and just be kind of uh, slogging along. So uh if you feel like it and you wanna kind of see the kind of work I do, it's a it's a comic strip called Daddy Days, and that is D A D D Y D A Z E. Um, and you can find it at daddydayscomic.com.
0: All right. And you can follow us uh on Twitter at Glass Onion Minute. Uh and please, uh, you know, uh if You could take a moment to uh, rate and review us on wherever you're uh, getting this podcast uh, and make sure to subscribe uh, on your podcatcher of choice. And we will see you back tomorrow for another Glass Onion Minute.